Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Paul and Max are here. That's right. And if you're listening via podcast, they waved at you. Both of them. The same little wave. Holding the same amount of fingers up. It was just kind of weird. Mom was more of a salute, you know what I mean? But you can have it. You can have it. Oh, are you worried waving is not cool enough for, for you, Max? Is that how this works now? It's... No, no, I know, I know we've got the international flavor. I don't like it. It's too English for me, that. The whole <laughs> the Queen's waving thing. You can get a little salute off me. That's what you love. Nice. Uh, Paul, have you been uh, checking out Champions League stuff this week? Um, I watched the highlights. I haven't watched any games like in full because I don't have BT where I live. And mm-hmm. I've, I've I've been checking the scores. I've seen the goals and things like that. So I've you know yeah I've, I've kind of made sure I've kept up to date on the football type thing. I think Arsenal and Chelsea are playing as we speak, or Chelsea are saying right. Chelsea certainly are. And I think Rangers and Villarreal are playing too. Europa League. So I I, I miss Europa League, man. I I want to see Everton back in the Europa League sooner rather than later. That was actually going to be my next question. Do you, do oh, you miss your? Well, I miss Europa well, League very well, much. <laughs> Uh, I, I also I just hope that next time we're there, we're uh, prepared. Yeah, we're not. You know that we've got a, a deep enough squad to be able to handle that. You know, short rest. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice if we managed like a, a sixth place finish. You know what I mean? We wouldn't have to go through this the drastic long overhaul of, of qualifying games that you know we did that year under Kerman and what Burnley have seemed to have done this season. It you know be a huge helping hand that we've just qualified automatically for groups but you know let's not get ahead of ourselves we're not even in Europe yet so one game at a time anyways yeah we're we have yet to really feel like we've put together a complete performance so we'll get there I'm not afraid um I wanted to tell you guys there's there's something that I I realize you gents don't don't have uh kids uh but I have to tell a kid story really quick because it involves, well, it involves football. But uh, my three-year-old, you know, he's very, very small little guy. He started this new thing that whenever something goes wrong, he'll look at me and my wife and put his fist up and go like this, Liverpool. <laughs> Like that, so he put we uh, we turn on the Blu-ray player and it doesn't turn on right away. And Turner looks at goes, he goes, "Uh oh, pink screen, Liverpool." <laughs> <laughs> he just blames them for everything now, and it is beautiful. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. So I, I I've been I've been waiting to tell you guys that because I've been holding on to it for the past couple of days. <laughs> uh, don't worry, mate. We hate Liverpool just as much. Oh yeah, I figured that's one of the things. Like when uh. You know, you guys were messaging back and forth yesterday, talking about you know all that, yeah. how ridiculous, how ridiculous the shite are uh, as fans, and uh, yeah, and I wanted to be like, hey, hey, yeah, I, I get it, mm. the ridiculousness about how you know you were talking about how some of those fans like pull for both, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's a, I don't even know how that, that works. That, that's a rarity. That that's a, that doesn't even happen anymore. I don't think. Yeah, that's I'd never heard of that, mm. and yeah. News to me. 
Um, so, guys, we've uh, we've got uh, four segments coming up for uh, for podcasters. So, listen up, and here's the summary. We are starting with a preview of this coming Sunday's Arsenal match. It's going to happen whether we like it or not, so we might as well talk about it. You know, no idea what to expect from this. Legitimately, no idea. Mm. So, we'll uh, we'll get into that, and then we'll talk about the starting eleven. Uh, who each of us sees uh, Silva going with. Um, who knows? We might all be in agreement for, like, one of the first times ever. Who knows? Uh, next, we're going to go through some retro rumors. Uh, yeah, rumors from the past. Uh, who uh, some players we... The, the newspapers connected us with. Uh, true? Not true? Not sure. We'll see. And lastly, we're going to finish it up with a news segment... It's an end-of-show quiz. It's a showdown with Max and Paul on an Everton-based category that I have not divulged to them yet. So uh, they're both uh, <clears throat> they're both a little excited and nervous. Who knows? Uh, yeah, we'll see. But I, hel- I hold the card with the answers on it. Just saying. Cool. Because I would get crushed. So, <laughs> so uh, guys, let's get into this Arsenal preview. Uh, they've won their past three over West Ham, Cardiff, and Newcastle. Um, they're sitting seventh in the table on goal diff. I think uh, Spurs has a better goal diff than they do. Um, and they're playing Europa League, like uh, like Paul mentioned. They'll be playing here in just a little while against uh, Vorskla, which we think was is a Ukrainian league team. So as of recording, we don't know how that went. So, uh, yeah. So, guys, let's go ahead and get into this and then – We'll talk about possible starters for them and danger men and whatnot. Uh, Paul, let's start with you. Uh, how do you see us matching up against Arsenal in terms of uh, their strengths, our weaknesses? Um, Arsenal, they had one, they had a few teething problems to start with, as we mentioned. They lost the opening two games, but I have watched every time I've watched Arsenal, I haven't looked at them and thought, "Wow, that's a team that's." really going to struggle. I, I think that a lot of people overreact to their first two losses. They had a horrific start. They had City away. Did they, oh, no, was it was City at home, sorry. City at home yeah. and Chelsea away. Yeah, so Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea away. And they lost the first two games, but they weren't, you know, outclassed or bullied or drubbed in ever one, either one of those games. They just were up against better teams and they very nearly and probably deserved something from Chelsea away. So Arsenal, I think, are a team that are going to be okay the season more than okay and they've got a very good squad it's just taking their manager a little ta- bit of time to basically what our manager's doing he's trying to assess everybody work out which systems work which systems don't which players he can rely on who is going to go to the scrap heap so I just see two teams and two clubs and two managers who are facing the same type of problems and seem to have what you know one team seems to be finding the feet quicker than the other team is they seem to have like they've got on a winning streak we look like we're just taking one step forward, two steps back. So, player for player, they are a better team than we are. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. But I think, do, do they have match winners in their team? Yes, they do. Obama Yang and Lacazette and Ozil when he feels like it. We've got Richarlison and, I don't know, maybe Sigurdsson on his day. So, to sum up, they just they look like a better team. They're a team in better form. And they've got a, and they're a team that looks like they've got their act together a lot quicker than we do. So he is hoping, but not. I'm not confident. 
Max, uh, Paul alluded to uh, Arsenal's new manager, Unai Emery, um, comes in with some pedigree coming from uh, PSG and before that, Sevilla. Sevilla yeah. um, talk about the transition. <clears throat> Paul mentioned it be, us being in a similar situation. Do you think Unai Emery's got an easier transition than Silva does yeah. for him, or is it pretty similar? No, I, I think he's got a lot easier transition in the sense that he's... For, I mean, it's never easy proceeding a legacy as such, like the one that Arsene Wenger's left at Arsenal. You know, he's kind. Of, he's very much left his his blueprint and it, like ingrained in Arsenal as a club. You know, that's kind of that that philosophy that you grow up, what you grew up watching Arsenal play. I mean, I know I can definitely speak for myself. Arsenal growing up, they always played beautiful football and they always had world class players. You know. Robert Perez, Terry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, you know, they're, they're maybe not of that pedigree and calibre anymore and they kind of seem to have slipped off the the kind of the, the top of the pitch with the likes of City, United, Chelsea and even them lot. But, you know, they're, they're kind of they're scrapping and clawing to make their way back up there and I certainly think they are on the right tracks. So I, I rate Emery really highly as a manager. I thought particularly at... Um, Severe what he did, particularly his, his European achievements were absolutely brilliant. Um, as I say, I regard him really high as a manager, and obviously, with that imprint of Wenger being there for as long as it has, of course, they're going to come up with some sort of friction almost trying to implement the new philosophy and the new style that Emery wants them to play. And I'm a huge fan of some of the business that they've got in. I know they signed it, it was pretty much out of the blue and I've got to be honest, I still can't properly pronounce his name, but the young French midfielder that they brought in from centre mid, I think he's absolutely fantastic and as you know, Jerry, I was a huge fan of Lucas Torreira when he was at Sampdoria and they, they, they managed to bring him in as well. Um, I never liked playing Arsenal, it, it, it's a funny one. Uh, some of it, like For example, Martinez at home, the, the 3-0 Arsenal at home, it's one of my me, you know, me favourite Everton, Everton memories and Honestly, I've got to say, it's not very often that we come off the better side against Arsenal. And, you know, similar to what Paul said, the, um, the confidence isn't there. But, fingers crossed, you know, we turn up on the day. Every time we face up with Arsenal, I have, I have some confidence. Every single time. I look at them and I think, they're beatable. I look at other displays against <laughs> other, other squads and I think, that's a beatable. And then we play them. Yeah. And man for man, they look they look like a more skilled, uh, a well a more well oiled machine, and it's it's usually it usually ends in frustration. Yeah. Um, just just so yeah, that, I, I'm trying not to get sucked in. Those players, those <laughs> players, you know the the one you look at them and you think, well, you know, Paul said that you know, some of them are hit and miss. Ezil, Obama Young, Lacazette, they've took it. You know, they they're, they're subject to a lot of scrutiny, and. Like you say, Jerry, on the day, you know, on paper, you may think you'll have them, but on the day, particularly against Everton, those players, those classy players, they turn up and they put in a good performance. And I think Arsenal at the current time, uh, reaching that level, we talk about it so much because it's what Everton really lack is that quality and depth. You look at their bench, they've got the likes of Mikatarian and Stefan Licksteiner. Uh, I know they brought Leno in from Bayern Leverkusen as well. They're all kind of transfers that like bolster the ranks and the players that have probably come into our side in a heartbeat so you know I do feel like they are building something whether it will be successful or not time will tell um, we're talking about how they've got some class players uh, possible starters uh, rolling with Czech in goal 
Bellerin on the right, Mustafi and Socrates, then Monreal on the left, uh, Guinduzzi. He's that young guy. It's got that that long. I, I'm trying to remember if it's sideshow Mel or sideshow Bob hair. It's very, mm-hmm. you know, uh, huge hair. Uh, Granite Shaka, uh, Ozil, Ramsey, Obama Yang, Lacazette. Um, when I look at that lineup, guys, I feel like the the weak spots are at center mid. Not center mid. Sorry, center back. There, I, I'm not completely impressed with Granit Xhaka. I feel like he's a little inconsistent. But I feel like Mustafi and Socrates, I, I feel like they haven't gelled yet as a pair. And that's where I, I think they've got weakness. I, I just look at their, you know, Ozil, Ramsey, Obama, Yang, and Lacazette. That's just stout. Mm-hmm. That's a, those are, but, however, if, if Ozil's in the mood to play, because you mentioned it, mentioned it earlier, he may not feel like it. Um so, uh, Paul Dangerman, you mentioned Obama Yang, Lacazette, Ozil. I, I would even, I would almost throw Ramsey in there. Doesn't it seem like he he manages to score against us? Yeah, he's one of those players. You know, you know he he loves playing Everton. He always gets a goal. He always he's involved somehow, and it's you know it's not anything that benefits us. So yeah, I'd, I'd include that Ramsey in the centre midfield, and we know how poor we look him in centre midfield at the moment. So I can. If there was ever going to be a game that he was going to dominate and really look world class, it's going to be against Everton, isn't it? Especially the way Everton are playing now. We just always seem to. We're we're really terrible for flattering players. There can be a, a lot of opposition players play against us, and we make them look far better than they need be. I mean, Yarmolenko against West Ham the other week. Yarmolenko looked like Gareth Bale. And, you know what I mean? And Yarmolenko Yar- Yar- is one of these players who the only reason West Ham have him in the first place is because he went to Dortmund, a big Champions League club, and couldn't cut it. That's as simple as that. He hasn't left Dortmund to go play for West Ham because he loves London and he just loves the idea of playing in that. I can't even think of it. That, uh, that opera house of a stadium. Do you know what I mean? The only reason Yarmolenko is at West Ham is because. He, Dortmund show, showed him the door and he can't find any other club that will pay him stupid money. And we make Yarmolenko look like Gareth Bale. So Ramsey is going to be made to look like Prime Javi. If I, I really hope not, but the way our midfields are, we need to get our act together. Someone needs to go in and let him know that they're there. He needs to be tackled. He needs to be harried. Someone needs to go into him and go into him quick and let him know that he's in for a battle. He's not just going to have it all his own way like he did last year when he scored that action against us and we made him just look oh. like... Out of this world, Max. Was that painful to hear? You, I hear you like kind of moaning over there. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you, just jogging my memory of the games playing them last season, like that. Last know, season, that one hurt. Jesus, under Allardyce, that, that game at the yeah, end. That was one of the worst games to watch. <laughs> that that game was the lowest ebb of last season. I know last season was really bad and it had some really bad times. That was the lowest of the low for me because you know it's bad when your team is getting absolutely humiliated and drubbed and you're laughing, you're not even angry, you're not spitting, you're not even throwing your hands up, you're just sitting there and you're just smiling to yourself. That's what I was doing. I was like, oh, my God, this is so bad. It's not real. And it was, this, this, yeah. this and it was mainly that first half, too. Yeah. The first half was – because the second half, I thought we actually played a little better. I mean, we hit the post. Omar did, I think, yeah. uh, later on. in that. But the first half, we were rolling that three – 
in the back with the yeah. two wingbacks, and we had oh, um, give me yeah, William was it was it Williams, Keane, and Mangala? Mangala, <laughs> Mangala, poor yeah. Mangala, was Mangala, there. Like, Mangala, had only been training for like the last two days, and he was dropped in the, on the left of a back three under Sam Allen. Jesus Christ, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, I, I remember it. When you come up against when you come up against an Arsenal side, and I always harp back to it, but like as a prime example, you watch that game where we beat them three 0 Within like the first twenty seconds, Stephen Naismith nailed Mikel Arteta with a sliding challenge before the ball even started rolling. You know what I mean? I think when you when you when you come up against an Arsenal side, you've got to be in the faces, you've got to harry them, and you've got to hit them hard. If you stand off them and let them play the football like we did at that game at the Emirates, you're gonna get spanked. You know they're gonna showcase some of this training ground football ability where they can find men in all areas of the pitch. You know, if you stand off Mesut Ozil, he's going to make you look silly. You stand off Aaron Ramsey on his, on a good day, he's going to make you look silly or he's going to rifle one into the top corner. Um, I just hope this is a game that we take by the scruff of the neck. Maybe we'll have to concede the possession, but we need to be we need to be in the face with one again. Yeah. Anything else? To, to compare them to a boxer, Arsenal are a, have a glass jaw. They have a huge punches. If that you lay back and just let them come at you, they will hurt you and hurt you badly. If you go in their face and you look to land a bomb on them really quick and look to take their head off, then you will more often than not succeed. They have got a lot of players who play pretty football but don't have any inner nastiness, any inner steel. It's one of the reasons that Wenger has got a lot of criticism over the years because he doesn't like signing hard cases. Do you know what I mean? Like real... We only like guys with a lot, of, a lot of snide, like snap yeah, guys who go in and tackle. Talk, yeah, talking about Arsenal, I, I always, always seem to come round to it and bring it back up. They've missed Patrick Vieira since he's left. Yeah, so never, someone of that caliber, that leader, that, that snide player, that's always in the referee's face, that'll always land the crunch and slide challenge. Um, I mean, uh, obviously, younger players coming in, like the, the French lad and Torreira, they, they, they're not going to have that air about them that the air, air, air about them until a good few seasons in but I do think in the long term they may have found a replacement particularly with Torreira but yeah they, as Paul said they really they, they don't have that fire that they used to have and more often than not Everton don't take advantage of that um, you know as we said hopefully this is the start of changes from Everton and we start seeing us taking it to these bigger sides at their ground etc and you know that's got to start on Sunday. I will tell you, I haven't, I have yet to see Silva line us up in a formation and a game plan to not lose. You know what I mean? How I mean, however, we've played some not as great opposition. Yeah, I think Arsenal's our first big test of the season. I still think Silva's going to have a similar game plan. You know, and at least we're we're going to be going at them. It's not going to be a situation where we're like. Just containing, trying to contain, and thinking, well, if we stay off you, you can't get by us, and then you won't score, and it's nil-nil, right? You know what I mean? Because that, that is the philosophy we took last season, and it was embarrassing. It was. It was very embarrassing. Because we, no, we had no counterpunch to that no. in the first half. It was, Oh, man. That was, that, was my, that was my low point last season. Yeah. That was my oh, low point. Wow, wow, for yeah. sure. Wow. All right, let's, let's talk about something else. Uh, <laughs> how do I talk about it anymore? It's terrible. Uh, so uh, let's do predictions for this this weekend. This might be just as bad. I don't know. Uh, who wants to start? Two nil Arsenal. 
I, d- I don't like predicting my, pre- predicting the team to lose, even if I think it. Uh, I, I will say I would be very, very, very happy with a point. If we can just go there and stink the place mm-hmm. out and not have a shot and run away with a point, I'll have that. But it's we're not we're not going to go to Arsenal and play them off the park. It's not happening. The only way we're beating them in this current state we are now. I mean, I want to get to the point where we are going to Arsenal and we are looking to beat them up and just drub them and go there with no fear. But this takes time. So right now, mm. I would take a point and. If we can get anything more than that, I'd be over the moon. But the only way I see Everton getting anything out of this game is if we get a quick goal on the counter. I just I don't see us going there and standing toe to toe with them. If we do that, then we're, we're asking for another trouble. So one one nil nil two two or six six um, two two maybe maybe a two, maybe two. A, maybe a breakaway goal and maybe a, a goal off a corner something like that. Just a, just a, I don't care how I don't care how the goals come, whether they're scrappy, whether they're champagne football. If we can get a goal, and especially if we can get a goal that puts us in front, then that will do, give us the world of confidence. I, there's no point scoring when we're three or four four or nil down like last season, and it's just a consolation. I don't, I don't care if we get a consolation mm. goal. Get a goal while the game's still active, while the game's still going. The game's still there to be won or there to be chased. Do you know what I mean? So I'll, yeah. I'll go, I'll go for a one-one, but maybe that's my heart saying it, not my head. He just channeled Edward just then. <laughs> my heart, my head. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to one Arsenal. I rarely, rarely, rarely predict us to uh, to lose. I just think our our defense is not no, solid not. yet. Communication no. is not gonna is not e- depend. It, even if we start Holgate, who's been there for a while, or if we start Mina. Uh, Mina will not have been there very long. There's always the chance for defensive miscommunication. Uh, and Holgate, uh, gosh, he can only go up from last game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we're going to give up goals. But I think we score. We just have a tendency to score lately. We, we, we don't get shut out often. Mm-hmm. Cue us getting shut out. So uh, Max is picking a 2-0 loss. I'm picking 2-1 loss. Paul's picking 2-2 draw. 2-2. Two two, yeah. I said one one. Two two. I I I think we'll score as well, but it's just whether we can score as many as them. So, right on. All right. So I guess that does it for our Arsenal preview. Uh, stay tuned for a little bit. We'll be doing our starting eleven segment. So uh, yeah, tease next segment. Starting 11 versus Arsenal. Right now, we know Coleman is out. I guess the big the big news is the fact that uh, our, uh, Richarlison's back. Our, Brazil's number nine is back. Yay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will never stop saying that. Um, uh. So so that's a thing, and it's going to help, I'm sure. Uh, so who wants to start? I think... Uh, Last last time I started with Paul, so I'll start with Max. Uh, starting uh, eleven, who you got? One, Pickford, Kenny. Fuck it, I'm gonna be bold. Z- um, Zuma and Mina at centre half. Luca Dina at left back. Central midfield. Hmm. Given that it's Arsenal, Gay and Schneidlin, because I do. Although we've analyze the pair to death and whether they actually work in tangent I do feel like the defensive approach may be needed to stop the likes mm. of Ozil and 
Lacazette and Aubameyang, etc. Um, on the wing, go for Theo Walcott. Hopefully, he can have a good game against his, his former club. Um, and then this is the conundrum, really. Do I play Richarlison at left wing or do I play him up front? Um, I'm go- You know what? I'll give Tosin the benefit of the doubt with Richarlison coming back. I'm hoping that him and Tosin, Richarlison and Tosin can conjure up a good few pieces of play and hopefully create a few goal-scoring opportunities. So I'll go Richarlison on the left and Gilfie Sigurdsson just behind Cenk Tosin. All right. Paul. Pickford in goal. Kenny at right back. Zuma centre-half. Mina, if he's fit and ready to go, which he should be, you'd think, by now, as his partner. Digne, left back. Uh, in the centre midfield, I would put um, Schneiderlin and I can't make up my mind whether Gay or Davis. I mean, I've been critical of Davis, but Gay was really, really poor last week against West Ham. A rough yeah, one. Yeah. It's whether, does he deserve the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, okay, I'd Okay, Gay had a bad time. We'll keep him and Schneiderlin in there if Schneiderlin's able to play. And on in front of them as the number ten, I would have Sigurdsson. On the left, I would have Bernard. On the right, I would have Walcott. And up front, through the centre, I would have Richarlison. Richarlison is back in form. He's got a lot of pace. He's a big lad. He can handle himself. If there's anyone who I trust right now to get at their defenders and give them a rough time, it's that kid. I mean, I don't want to dump on Tucson, but maybe sometimes it is best just to take someone out the firing line for a little bit and hopefully help him bring his confidence back up. And Bernard, I was really impressed with Bernard. He was one of the very few who came out of the West Ham game with any credit, I thought, and he didn't look yeah. off the pace at all. He didn't look tired. He didn't look r- rusty at one bit. I can't make. I can't figure out why he didn't start. I, no, he's I, not played. I, I've heard that he's not you know, 100% match sharp yet, so I can understand well, yeah, bringing him off the bench. But with this game, obviously away, Arsenal, you know, with coming away to the Emirates is quite a daunting place, traditionally, well, for Everton. So, so I think this is going to be a huge game in terms of substitutions. We're going to have to pick and choose our times and, and be really precise with our substitutions. And I think Bernard and Davies will be two of three because they're, those... The quick players, they play on the turn, quick feet, win fouls, bringing them on against a, an, like a, a tradi- well, a typically slow Arsenal centre midfield. You know, they, they're going to cause problems. They're going to win fouls late on in the game. So, so as I say, I think Davies and Bernard on the bench definitely come on at some point. This goes back to what I mentioned earlier before. I don't want to just see us making substitutions when the game's gone and we're 3-0 down. I want to be in this game from the start. Bernard, we say he's not match fit, but he played. He came on against West Ham. He didn't look at all rusty, sharp, and he, um, not sharp. So if he can come on, just be five minutes before half time. Could he not have started and played an hour? If he'd have started and played an hour and come off 10, 15 minutes into the second half, that could have happened when we were winning the game. If he can play over forty-five minutes coming on when we're losing, then I can't for the life of me understand why he could start when we were nil-nil down and get 55, 60 I minutes. Can, yeah, I, I see the I see the point 100%, mate, because I do believe, you know, if, if they're fit enough to be on the bench, they are fit enough to start. But, yeah, I, I, I do believe that. But, 
you know, given our current situation, mate, I'll give I'll give Silver the benefit of the doubt for now. If he wants to ease the lads in, and obviously, you know, and I'm, that was a big call for Morgan Schneiderlin to play against West Ham. You know, credit to him, obviously, about the following the news of his father. So that was a huge credit to him, and it shows his determination to want to play for Everton and, and on Morgan Schneiderlin. If you go back to this time last season, Everton away at the Emirates, this was probably his lowest point as well. You know, we mm. everyone saw that clip where he's not closing down the ball and he's, you know, he's he's at that half hour speed. So yeah. I think this is going to be a big game for him to play. Mm, same, but thing of Bernard, I, I'd start him because he's a player with a big reputation. He looks like he's raring to go. I would say to him, right, here's your moment. This is going to be a big game that's going to get millions of eyeballs on it. Let go out and show that you deserve to start in this team going forwards, that you are a player who deserves to get in over other players because who else can go on the left, really? It's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. No, don't start me. Not a wide player. Mm. Luckman, sulking, not interested. OK, you don't deserve a chance then. Walcott on the left. I don't, eh, no, he's a right-sided player. Sigurdsson on the left. No, he can do a job there, but he's better through the centre. So who else kind of goes on the left then? You're either going to play someone there who doesn't deserve the opportunity or somebody there who isn't good in that position, like Calvert-Lewin. So I would like to see Bernard start on the left. Or if he's not going to start, then at least play him. Bring him on while the game is still live. I, I don't see the point in just bringing this kid on. He's not a kid. Bringing this guy on with 30 minutes left when the game's gone. I don't want to see that. The guy He doesn't need minutes that oh, badly. I, I, I agree, so, but, there, but then it comes down to game management, Mason. Oh, and I, I know we're talking about this game as if so. Oh, we've got to, we've got to stay hanging in there. We've got to stay hanging in there. We've, I think, we've got to deploy our, our substitutions at points where it refreshes our midfield or our attack. With the emphasis being that we want to create stuff from the substitutions. Obviously, Bernard and Davies are those more forward-thinking, play on the turn and attack direct type of players. And I do think against this Arsenal side, I know they are look like they're coming into form. They can cause damage. So, you know, I, I want to win this, mate. I do want to win this. I can't necessarily see it, but I'd, I wanna, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Well, my, my thing is we're going to need goals and we're, just, we're far more likely to get a goal off of Bernard or, some, or a Richarlison right now than we would off a Tucson or a Calvert-Lewin. And... There's a case to put Luckman there, but I, I just think the way Luckman's carried on, he doesn't deserve to, he doesn't deserve a place until he gets his act together. So, should I do the, the same a full team? Yes. Yes. So yeah, we're not full team. Give us ours, Jerry. You've got to give us ours, mate. We've we've just been completely wrapped up in this Everton debate here, mate. No, I I've been kind of curious to see kind of where where it goes because uh, I think I, what I think you're both making good points. My my lineup's exactly like Max's. I'll just go ahead and tell you, uh, Pickford, Kenny. Mina, if he's healthy, uh, and if not Mina, it's probably going to have to be Holgate, you know, but Mina, if he's healthy, no, it has nothing to be healthy. It's match fit because he is healthy. We know he's healthy, so that's poor word choice. Mm. Mina, if he's match fit, uh, Zuma, Dean, uh, Gay, Schneiderlin, Walcott, Sigurdsson, Richarlison, and Tosin. Um, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to, to bench Tosun uh, just yet from the start, um, I was really close we, in our last show, Paul. Uh, we were, I was literally about to say, I think I would start Richarlison at center. And yeah. then your brother started talking, and I was like, you know, I think you might be right. I think I might agree with you. you know? And so uh, Silva's system is based on having Richarlison on the left for now. 
You know, that's where they've been practicing. And, and frankly, Tosin's best play was when Richarlison was on the left. So yeah. I would give it a start just to see. I do think Bernard is good enough to start, but I also think Richarlison and Walcott are good enough to start right now. I think all three of those are dangerous players that could start. So, hence, I think it's amazing that we can bring a player like Bernard off the bench. But we have to bring him off the bench with ample time to make a difference. Yeah. When it okay? you know I matters. Yeah. yeah, bringing him in for 10 minutes at the end of the game, I don't think we're going to see the best of Bernard doing that. You know, Give him at least 40 minutes or something, or 35. Give him enough time to get some touches on the ball. Yeah. All right? Previously, he got in and he maybe touched the ball a few times, and that's it. It was, it was not yeah. enough. He was exciting, though, uh, that, that game yeah. against West Ham. He was the, you know, the only bright spark in the game. So this, this could be a huge game for us, mate. If, if this goes the other mm. way to what we're all thinking and we can actually get a result, it could be a huge morale boost for all the yeah. lads, given that we play well, particularly those attacking lads. Um, I think there's a distinct possibility if we're trying to make something happen late. Uh, if we're down, I think you could see either Gay or Schneiderlin subbed out and go into that same system that he went last week when we were down. I think it was actually, I think it was a four-four-two, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, so th- I think you could see that similar system employed with uh, two strikers up top. I don't know if that would be Richarlison and Tosin, which to me, that's what I would do rather than Nias and Tosin. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would even... Uh, consider if Tosin, if we need some speed up top, sub Tosin out, bring Calvert Lewin as the second, as another striker up there with Richarlison. Yeah, that would be a lot of speed in the middle, you know. And uh, Bernard, I think, looks good on the left. That's the problem. We have two great Brazilians that look good on the left. I don't know how Bernard looks on the right or in the center yet. I haven't seen it. I just know I, he works on the left. So, who knows? He could be brought in in the middle for Sigurdsson. Exactly. Exactly. You know, because he can play that role. Um, these are, this is great conversation, though, because these are, these are options. But, Paul, you described a very viable way to start that game, and it could work the way you said it. And I actually thought that's how we should start. Uh, but I, at this point, I think Tosin, I want to get him a chance to get off the schneid. You know what I mean? Get, get actually, let's get, let's get him a goal somehow. Or get him in a, he gets, when he's playing with Richarlison, he combines well with him. Yeah. He does. Yeah, so a goal, a goal, yeah. a goal, a goal for him against these would do his confidence the world of good, yeah. particularly away. And he, and he doesn't seem to. He's not the kind of guy who's all like frowny in pictures either. You know no. what I mean? Like he's he's not sulking because he's been on a little slump. No, he, I I still like Tosin. I, I like him a lot. I but I get I get why. <coughs> excuse me. I get why a benching though just briefly can be good for players. It's like a reminder. Look, you've got competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a yeah, Paul that maybe that maybe what Silva does, man. And, and I'm really curious who we'll see off the bench besides Bernard, DCL, Lookman. Who would it be? You it know, depends. I don't know. It depends on how the game's going. If we are just Agreed. three 0 down and it's damage limitation, then I don't see the harm in just throwing <clears throat> throwing throwing someone on like. A Baines, just a bit of professionalism, just to see the game out, or hmm. something like that. But if we're chasing the game or we're in the game, then I would, I wouldn't be against throwing a, a Calvert Lewin on, just to hope that we can hmm. maybe win some, win something off a corner, or win a free kick high up the pitch, something hmm. like that. Or maybe even, I mean, let's just say Richarlison or Bernard or whoever it is, Walcott has played hmm. a really blinding game and they've just absolutely ran the socks off. I wouldn't mind throwing. 
Luckman on for five, ten minutes at the end just to get on the ball and stretch them a bit. But it really depends on how the game's going. <clears throat> if the game's, if we've been spanked and it's gone, then just bring on a few senior players like a, like a Baines or maybe a Jaggy Elka just to just to see us home. Do you know what I mean? If the game's there to be won, then just really go for it. Throw in what we've got. Throw Davis on. Throw Luckman on. Cavalu. Just guys with energy. Guys who will bring the ball forwards and win us free kicks. Like I do think the more Luckman plays, the less, the more he's going to get out of this funk he's in. You know, mm. I will say that. Yeah. I think the more we see him play, we're going to see him liven up and become himself a little bit more. Yeah, better. Uh, have, I, better I, I, I do think. I just want to yeah. say I can't wait until the, the day where this defeatist mentality changes. We're all going all. If we're still in the game, if we're still in the game, you know, seventy-five minutes. If we're not three 0 down, I hate that mentality. I hate it. You know, I, I know man for man and and on the pitch with with a lesser team, but. I don't know. I, I just want to see that bit of that, that spirit that Everton had. I, I, I want to see it coming back, and I want to see us like giving it, handing it to teams. You know, I want to see it. I want to see it. To be fair, Max, you and I did pick us to lose. Well, I just want to say, you yeah. and I both. You know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. neither I, one of us, according to our predictions, expect us to really. You know what I mean. I know. So, I know. <laughs> that Everton, that Everton you talk about, that Everton sadly, tragically, hasn't existed for over 20 years. We didn't win a single game away at the traditional top four throughout the Moyes era. I think we won, we won one or two big games away under Martinez. I think we won, we won United. <coughs> we won maybe one other game, like a big away game that we won that no one thought we would win. No, we, had, so we, had, we, had, we had a fair few good results under Martinez. I remember under yeah, Martinez, we had the feeling that whoever we had at the weekend, we could do them. It doesn't feel like that no more. It yeah. really doesn't feel like that's, that. That's, yeah, it's, it's almost like you're waiting for that shift. It was that shift where we we, we become competitive again. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm long for it. Yeah, but it's it's baby steps, mate. It's baby steps. We can't just expect yep. that after a season. And, or oh, of course, of course. And, and to be fair, it's got to go the other way as well. We can't just go into games thinking we're going to roll teams over because I was so sure we were going to spank West Ham the other day and we got there and got our noses bloodied. And embarrassed, mm-hmm. so it's still a work in progress. We, we all want to see the Everton team that goes everywhere and anywhere and isn't scared at all. And I don't—I wouldn't say I'm scared. That's not the right word. I'm just—I'm just trying to be realistic. Yeah. And I'm not saying for definite we will lose. I predicted us. I said I didn't. I don't like saying we're going to lose. I like to think we're going to score. And we're going to get some goals. But just as long as we put in a performance that is a lot better than it was last year, then I will take that as progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see that. I feel confident about that. Performance-wise, I feel okay. We're going to go out and meet them. We're not going to chill out in the goal, you know, just having drinks in the goal, you know, with lawn chairs. We're not doing that this year. We will be going out after them. That's going to happen. It just depends. Are we going to do dumb things in the back to let them get silly goals? Mm. Are we actually going to track people making making runs through the middle? Are we going to cover other people? You know, just... Little things that are defensive responsibilities that our guys should know. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, I guess that's it for our starting 11 versus Arsenal. I'm Jerry. Paul and Max are here. And uh, you, are, you have... Dropped in on another installment of Retro Rumors, a.k.a. Transfer Rumors from the Past. Echo, echo. 
Um, so we're going to start with a story from 2009. Everton manager David Moyes is continuing his approach of trying to attract the best young talent in the country with players knowing they will have an opportunity to break into the first team. Delph has generated interest from all the top clubs and seemed destined to join Man, join Man United last summer. United is still keeping an eye on the club, blah, blah, blah. It looks like Delph regards the Everton move as an attractive proposition. So it the, the title of this is Delph Destined for Everton. Probably in Okay. Delft. Yes. 2009, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have been too bad, right? I'd have liked that signing. Uh, Delph was kind of, you know, as we said, just a kid at the time. But I, at that time, we needed a midfielder like that, a centre midfielder. We, we, were we still playing Phil Neville? in centre midfield around that period. I know we were still playing Leon Osman in the centre midfield around the time. We, just, yeah. we didn't really have any... Uh, I think we had Arteta, but Arteta had that long-term injury. I think Cahill was more was always used as the number 10 or false nine, so he wasn't really a number eight who sat. We really needed a number eight type player or a number six who would sit in front of the back four, but Moyes didn't really have anyone who could do that, not long-term anyway. So I'd have liked that signing, but I just... I don't really think there was anything in it, really. I don't think we could have afforded him. Except we were dirt poor, weren't we? So, Max, what do you think? You think that would have that would have fit in? I'm assuming it was when he was at Leeds. It is at Leeds. It is when he was at Leeds. Definitely, exactly what Paul said. I remember that. There's, you know, the, those that, that era really well, kind of 2008, 2009, 2009, 2010. That was probably my favourite Moyes side, even though it was really flawed quality-wise. You know, we were we were going through that phase where we just had no steel in holding midfield. It was, you know, like Paul said, you know, Phil Neville was doing a job there, and Maro and Fellaini had had to drop back <coughs> if we needed them to. And yeah, that really having Fabian Delft there. I know, I know, he was only a youngster at the time, but that really could have span Everton's fortunes because you you know if you look back, that team, it was a good little team. We got to the FA Cup final with that. That you know, that was a that was a heartbreaking occasion. I, you know, we did score too early in, in that game, and the, the our, Moises' approach to sit back when we went one 0 up was absolutely mind blowing, and we just got slaughtered. But um, yeah, so Fabian Delph at that time he really would have added quality in that midfield. I don't think Fabian Delph was really a Moyes type signing at that time period. Moyes didn't typically sign young players and then groom them long term I mean he did at the end he got us John Stones and those players there was a few others but Moyes didn't tend to trust youngsters unless he had to he would only play them if there was no other option yeah and I think he did you know he he preferred his old pros type thing you know guys who kind of have been around the block maybe had something to prove or going on the cheap I don't think it was in really in Moyes' makeup at the time to buy just some unknown kid and throwing him straight in if we'd have signed Delph I don't really think we'd have seen much of him I think he would have just been in the reserves for a while, and he had he had his youngsters who he trusted. I think Moise, you look at the likes of Jack Rodwell, um, Dan Gosling, James Bourne. They were you know they were the type of youngsters who would make frequent appearances, whether that means starting or coming yeah, up. Yeah, but at some point. I, like, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Moise wasn't as clued up per se as an Arsene Wenger when it came to young talent, and he kind of you know he had his favourites. As has become apparent with what the likes of Phil Neville has been saying, but um, yeah, we, we were absolutely you know we were on our, the bones of our asses in terms of finances around that stage. So you know, uh, in that sense, I can't understand why 
Moyes was the way he was. Yeah, a lot of those young players who Moyes trusted as well, they only, a lot of them only got their break because there was no one else. There was no one else in front of them he could use instead. I mean, Ross Barkley, didn't he play like once with Dave Moyes and then he got binned off to Leeds? If he could mm-hmm. get, if he had to play kids like he did against Benfica when we were just putting plasters all over the team, oh. he would do it. But he wasn't the kind of guy who he would say, right, I trust this young kid and I'm going to play him over this 30-something pro because I believe this kid's potential is better to have or better to nurture and take a chance on rather than just rely on this guy's professionalism. Moyes, yeah. for the most part, if he could, if he had an option, usually picked the older professionals rather than the younger kids. So uh, what I'm saying is I just don't think Delph or a player like that at the time when he was very young is the type of player where Moyes would think, yeah, I'm going to sign I'm going to sign you and I've got plans for you straight away. If he did sign kids, it was usually just so he could bring them in later on, not because he saw something he really liked and he was going to just throw them in and let them learn on the job. Moyes wouldn't mm. let players learn on the job like that. Not usually, anyway. I mean, there was one or two at the end, but certainly not in the first two-thirds of his reign. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of funny. Like, I've been watching that all-or-nothing Man City on Amazon Prime, and Delph's on there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's on there, and he's probably one of the more entertaining people on there. Just no no issues dropping, you know, dropping bad language left <laughs> and right. He was... Is actually kind of funny to be yeah. honest. So yeah, it's. Um, so this one I think was totally not true, like totally shit. I don't I don't believe this one, and I've heard rumors on, as to where this one came from. Okay, from the Guardian, 2014, Everton interested in signing Kenwin Jones from Stoke City. I remember that. Uh, Everton are interested in signing Kenwin Jones from Stoke City and are trying to complete a deal for the striker for as little as one million pounds. Was that was that following the pig head in the locker incident? If you remember that at Stoke, because I'm sure around that time there was an. Inc- I don't actually know. I'm sure there was an incident where he put it like proper Lewis Figo style. He put a pig's head in someone's locker in training. <laughs> I remember him getting quite a bit of news coverage around that time and. You know what, thirty? That was two thousand and fourteen. That was madness. That was the best. That was the best that we've been in ages. I don't feel. Yeah, that that seemed completely fabricated to me. Don't know why. I've heard. I heard rumors that this was one that was started on like grand old team. Mm. Like they were joking around <laughs> in there, and then this story dropped like right after that. <laughs> Probably that problems with the internet, isn't it? You know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, that's a player I'm actually familiar with because he plays for Trinidad or he played for Trinidad and scored a lot of goals for Trinidad when he played there. And so he's a player that when I started watching more Premier League, I was like, I know that guy. Yeah. But the whole time I'm sitting here thinking, is that a player that's going to make Everton better in 2014? Oh. No. 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 I mean, even that one million you know, were, were we that desperate at that time yeah. for a for a backup no. striker? May, I that, don't know. Were we starting Kone? Were we playing Kone at that time? <laughs> that, that sounds to me like maybe if what Max is saying is is accurate, that he kind of got himself in a bit of trouble up at Stoke. That if there's anything to that at all, that sounds to me like he's been told to find himself a new club, and his agents has kind of just picked up the phone and tried to make a few phone calls. Well, he had it said that he had less than six months left on his contract because this was yeah. in January. Uh, and Stoke was trying to actually, I mean, heck, it could have been Stoke who placed the story, 
You know what I mean? Trying to get a little bit of money out of it. Um, Agent or Stoke won. I certainly don't believe the phone was ever picked up and we called Stoke requiring it. That that sounds to me like someone on that side was kind of just putting the rod on here and hoping, hoping someone bit. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we had any interest on this one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw this one and I kind of laughed. So mm. anyway, yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> not exactly getting linked with Gucci from Real Madrid, is it? No, that's not the same. No. Now and now that I'm familiar with with Gucci, oh my god, <laughs> that guy was amazing. I know. Yeah, just a, just update for those of you uh, who heard that one when it happened been researching Guti and my God, really angry. We didn't get him. Uh, uh, Terry sent me a video highlights and it was just sick. Just oh, yeah. with Guti, mate, all you need to watch is that back heel assist. I think the that's the one. Yeah. That's what it started Woo! with. That's what the video started with. It was absurd. Oh God, what a player. Uh, anyway. Um, so last one guys from January, 2010, Everton, Everton eye up loan deal for Marseille winger Hatim Ben Arfa. Uh, Everton are back in the hunt for Marseille winger Hatim Ben Arfa. Uh, Everton staff watched him on Wednesday against Le Mans and are keen on a loan deal. By the way, this is from the Mail yeah. um, uh, in 2010. Um, yeah. So that's I think that's about it, frankly, on that story. I was expecting more. Uh, but apparently we were just asking. About underrated, it. underrated player, inmate. Underrated player hasn't been Arthur. You ever um, remember those two goals he scored for Newcastle? Literally, kind of identical. I know one was against Bolton. I'm not 100 percent sure who the other one was against. He picks the ball up and he spins about three, four, five men, whoever's in his path, takes the ball on from inside his own half, skins everyone, and puts it in the bottom corner. I'm sure he did it again. I remember one of the games, I just I could remember really watching match of the day, and there was a highlight where he was that good, he even made the referee fall on his ass. He spanned the referee and made the referee fall on his ass, and I just thought, look, I remember watching him from Newcastle thinking, whew, what a winger. You know, he could, could really yeah. make an impact at Everton. Obviously, sadly, his career's kind of dwindled out since that move to PSG, but you know, in his prime, he was a lovely player to watch. Wasn't he a player that, I mean, although talented, maybe was not the easiest to work with yeah, in I've, terms of I've personality? Heard, I've heard, and I've heard his fitness wasn't admirable yeah. either. His physical condition yeah. wasn't yeah. what it should be for a physical footballer, professional footballer. Yeah, a bit of a Jack the Lad, as we call him over here, type guy. A guy who likes his social, social life as well as his football. Gotcha. I'd say that's kind of a kind of prevalent. Yeah, I don't. You know, no, I, yeah, I don't knock a I don't knock a player for going out and enjoying themselves as long as it doesn't affect their performances and yeah. it doesn't get them in any trouble. But it kind of just seems most players, him included, just find it hard to find the balance. I'd have loved him. I wouldn't be that. That is what I I would I would expect Moyes to kind of picked up the phone and made some inquiries because he was quite shrewd in picking out those players from around Europe. These little players who were not very well known but were just waiting to be discovered type thing. Dinar was, was one of them. Arteta maybe is one of them. I mean, the, maybe players that people have heard of but they just haven't kind of shown what they can fully do yet because they haven't had the opportunity. So yeah, I, I, I like to think Moyes would have been clever enough and shrewd enough to have spotted him and tried to get him in. But, you know, he, he obviously he probably 
went elsewhere because he was oh, promised more, offered more money. I'd like to think so, anyway. All right. Well, if the, if there's nothing else on how Tim Ben Arfa, that is it for our retro rumors segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are we are going to be doing a little end of show cage match. That's right. I'm referencing other sports. Uh, so this is a, this is a little different. We're gonna put we're gonna put Max and Paul head to head because if I did it, I would just be spitting out names. Uh, so we're gonna be going back and forth between uh. Max and Paul. And they're going to be answering back and forth because as there are multiple answers to this question. And whoever gets the first one wrong, yeah, they lose. So there's that. Unless one gets one wrong and the other one gets one wrong. You know what I mean? So penalty, just to keep it fair. Is it penalty shootout style? Yeah. It is. It is it is very much like a shootout. That's if only we watched football. To be able to come up with these sorts of <laughs> comparisons, um, we are we. Are, I, I, I think at the moment the the winner will get to determine uh, what tune we end the show with. Yeah. So uh, I'll I'll be dropping that in uh, as well. So guys, are we ready Hello. for our end of show quiz? End of show cage match? Not really. Oh, go ahead. Not really. Let's no. have it. Let's have it. Come on. These guys are very skeptical. Um, so, so um, before uh, raise your hand, who who wants to start? Who wants to start this? Who wants to go first? I'm not bothered. Whoever, whoever, I'll, yeah, I'll, flip go, a I'll, coin. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. All right, Paul's going to go first. It's a similar strategy as you know, coin coin flip for a, for a PK shootout. You know what I mean? Shootout. Yeah. Uh, so, guys. Name every Everton player to play for Everton in the 2009 FA Cup final against Chelsea. So back. I'm going to go, and please do not repeat any. Hold on. I'm going to get my, let me get a pen to, to X these out. No cheating. Yes, no cheating. Hands up. <laughs> the 2009 final against Chelsea. Yes, 2009 final against Chelsea. No repe- no repetitions, please. I was there. And and you said you were there. Yes, I was there. I envy you, jerk, so much. There. Do you realize that? <laughs> no, it was, it was so hot. Oh. It was so hot that day, man. I, I I wouldn't have cared. Would not have cared. I I'd, I'd be I'd gladly show everyone my pit stains to be there for that. All right, so Paul, begin. Does the bench players come off the bench count, or just the starting eleven? Every player to play okay. for Everton okay. in the 2009 FA Cup final, as long as they play. And no looking it up. No, 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 no. I haven't moved. Uh, that was more for Max because he's got that I'm looking something up face. I'm not. I'm, just, I'm, trying, <laughs> to, I'm trying to keep you from crashing because I can't. Is it just the 2009 final? Yes. Okay, okay. Okay. And I have a tiebreaker question if you guys go all the way through. All right, go ahead. So, ready? Paul. Tim Howard. Tim Howard. Tony, Tony Hibbert. Tony Hibbert. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. You don't go... No, no, no. You go back and forth, Paul. Okay, okay. okay. 
Yeah, and yeah, and so Max has said Tony Hibbert, and that is correct as well. Go ahead, Paul. Jolene Lascos. That's correct. Luis Saha. Luis Saha. That's correct. Marwan Fellaini. That is correct. Leighton Baines. That is correct. Leon Osmond. That is correct. Tim Cahill. That's correct. Lars Jakobsen. That is correct. He came on as a sub for Hibbert at the 46-minute mark. Dan Gosling. That is correct. He came on for Leon Osman at the 82-minute mark. Jack Rodwell. That is incorrect. He did not play in that game. Max? Stephen Pienaar. Stephen Pienaar, that is correct. All right. <clears throat> so Max wins the, uh, the cage match shootout. All right. You guys did, you guys did pretty well. Uh, who you left off? Uh, Yobo. Yobo. Phil Neville. I didn't want to say him. Was another one. Like him. And James Vaughn, who came in for Luis Saha at the 77-minute mark. Oh. Okay, those are the only ones that played. The unused subs, Nash, Castillo, Rodwell, and Baxter. Jesus Christ. All right. You guys want to crack at the tiebreaker question? Yeah, cool. go on. Go on, may as well. All right. May as well. Lars, Lars Jacobson came off the bench for Everton in the FA Cup final, but how many games did he play in overall for Everton? Just, Have a guess. I just think of that. Three? Um, three? No. All right. More than three. So, I'm going to go for seven. Paul, Paul says three. Max nails it at seven. No, he didn't, I, I remember I'm he didn't born. see anything of him. I'm saying like, oh, he was one of like the worst signings we ever met. It's like I remember he was the Denmark international right back, and he never got a game. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Lucas, yep. Do you remember? Do you remember Lucas Neal? He always make. He always. Yeah, the Aussie. The Aussie. Yeah. He strikes me as the Lucas Neal type character. Like he, you know, he's got a reputation from somewhere, but you actually watch him play, and you think, "Fuck oh, Jesus Christ!" I like. I like. I like Neil. I thought Neil did okay while he was here. He was only here like from September to January, wasn't he? But... Messed up the year. I messed up that, that game against Arsenal in the snow. Do you remember when Pina scored that goal? I remember conceding. Yeah, they, they resist. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, Max, do you have any idea what your tune will be? And we need to talk about it. We have to talk about it a little bit. So, what tune do you want to do? You want to go out on? I am the Walrus by the Beatles. I am the Walrus by the Beatles. Why are you picking I Am The Walrus? I'm picking I Am The Walrus by The Beatles because it is an absolute rammer of a tune and I've been talking about it with my mate lately. I think it's just a bit of songwriting genius by John Lennon. I think it's just, you know, you've got to be in a certain psychological state to, to listen to that song and it's an absolute belter of a tune when you're in the right place. I would like to bring up the fact that Max is only mentioning this because Donnie... In the Big Lebowski says, I am the walrus. <laughs> I am the walrus. Says it several times oh, the, before, before Walter turns Ili- around Ili- and screams Ili- 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 at him. For something Lennon. Oh, what a film. V.I. Lennon! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, anyway, I'm assuming I'll be playing this the, that song underneath us talking right now. Yes. We are talking about it. We are reviewing the song a bit. 
which is why we are playing it. Yay! All right, so Max, congratulations. Uh, I will say, uh, Paul, you, you had a great showing, man. Uh, clearly, you guys were there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know what you're talking about. Um, so I guess I guess that's it uh, for for this de- segment, and that's it for the big show. If you've been listening via podcast, thanks so much. We appreciate it. You're so kind. Please subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. Rate it if you can, and leave a little leave a little remark. Maybe maybe you say something like, "I like when you guys talk music." Hey, oh. all right. So there's that. Uh, Please make sure you are uh, checking out Paul on the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury, but additionally on uh, the uh, Toffee Blues website where he provides analysis. Uh, additionally, Max does the same. All right, they they both are dropping knowledge on you uh, as, as much as a, week, as a weekly basis. Uh, so check that out. Also, there's lots of other talented writers that that put content on the Toffee Blues website. Uh, you even know some of them. So check that out. Uh, subscribe or follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have no more. No more plugging. That is all. So, Max, thanks so much, bud. It's a pleasure, as always. Paul, awesome. Thanks a lot. Great to talk to you again, man. Fun, as always. Uh, just so you know, podcasters, Paul is making a... a a, a rock and roll devil sign it looks like so he's, sa- he's saying bye to you like that yeah that's what the kids are doing anyway uh, Bob, all right so Ronnie, i guess ronnie james Dio, the ball horns yes Dio. nice <laughs> all right we're ending with a Dio reference so bye